If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Once again, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. We thank the Lord for all the good, godly men that He's brought into our lives, that God has placed in this church. We, um, we thank You, and we thank God for You, and we pray God's blessing upon You. And I want to talk this morning about an important topic, the topic of being a man of God, being a man of God. I preach as a fellow traveler on this road. Man, we're going to talk. We're going to preach. Couldn't fit it all in one. It might be a three-parter. Someone says, man, I'm glad he made it a three-parter. It would have been real long if it was a one-parter. But as a fellow traveler, let's talk about being men of God. Men of God. 1 Timothy 6, and if you would, look at verse 11. We'll just read a few verses. The Apostle Paul writes, But you, O man of God, But you, O man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses, in the sight of God who gives life to everything. And of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession of faith, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to talk about marks, these next few weeks, marks of a man of God. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the privilege of not just being male, but having the opportunity to be men of God. We thank you. For that responsibility, we thank you for that honor. Help us to never take it lightly, but help us to respond to it properly. That by your grace, we might be the men you've called us to be. And all God's people said, I had a talk not too long ago with a young man that um, is beginning a new season in his life. And we had a good chat. And I said, you know, up until this point in your life, You have been known as the son of, the grandson of, the brother of. But I said, now, now you can write, you will write the script. Now that you begin this new chapter in your life, and things are radically going to change in your life, you are going to be known something different. And I said, how do you want to be known? When people mention you, what do you want them to think? How would you like other people to describe you? Not how we describe ourselves because it's not good to write the test and grade it all by yourself. How, how, how do we want others to describe us? We talked about things like, do you want those around you to consider you a sincere Christian? Not a phony, not the real deal. Do you want those at the job to recognize you as a hard worker? Someone the boss can trust. Someone that is good with his skill. Do you want to be known one day as a faithful and devoted husband and father? You get the right to script. No man can write your script. God won't even write your script. You get to write your script. Oh, what a thought. 
In our text, we find this great title and description that the Apostle Paul gives to a young man by the name of Timothy. And um, it's something that every man should strive for. It's something that we're all being called to. And that is to be a man of God. A man of God. Timothy was a young pastor. And while caring for the spiritual needs of his people, Paul responded to him, you need to take care of the spiritual needs of your own soul. The first person we say often, the first person I have to lead and I have to manage is me. I can't manage my family if I'm not managing my own walk with God. I can't lead a company if I'm not leading my own integrity. We see earlier in this book that fourth chapter, Paul says to Timothy, he exhorts him, watch your life and your doctrine closely. Take heed to your own life so that you can lead the lives of those God has entrusted to you. So looking at our text this morning, verse 11, but you, but you, but thou, King James, but thou, uh, indicating a contrast between Timothy and the false teachers and those that have fallen away and those that have wandered from the faith. He begins verse 11, but you, sharply contrasting. Timothy with false teachers, with those that have strayed from the faith and left the pure faith. And of course, there ought to be a big difference between how we live and how those who don't know God or even pretend to follow Jesus live. He says, verse 11, But you, O man of God. Wow. He says, you're God's servant. You represent God in how you live and how you speak and how you function. MacArthur writes, it's a sacred privilege to be identified as God's personal possession. A privilege that carries with it grave responsibility. You see, this title is a special designation in the Scripture. It was not given out indiscriminately. It wasn't given out like orange slices at a kindergarten fair. It, it was a designation that was left for men like Moses and Samuel, for David and Elijah and the prophets. And Paul is using this description to increase Timothy's sense of responsibility in discharging his duties and discharging his ministry. And it should have this similar effect upon our hearts. This title should inspire us to be faithful in carrying out our purpose on the earth. This title should motivate us to carry out our divine purpose and fulfill our call. Within our text, Paul gives four admonitions to Timothy that if he obeys them and he strives to walk in them, will assure him success in his ministry, but also a continued testimony as a man of God. As a man of God. Before they say he has a great curveball, be a man of God. Before they say he has a good left-handed jump shot, be a man of God. That's what God is calling it. Before anything, be a man of God. How is such a man of God to conduct himself? Our text gives us four characteristics that mark the loyal man of God. A man of God is known by number one, what he flees from. What he flees from. There is a separation in the life of a man of God. Number two, what he follows after. There's something he's pursuing. There's something he's striving for. Number three, what he fights for. What he stands for. Literally, keep on fighting, it says. Keep on fighting the good fight of faith. God, God's man, being God's man, calls someone 
to be a spiritual soldier, not just a spectator or a commentator. He fights the good fight of faith. He fights to possess God's best and enter into God's will. He fights to overcome life's enemies and life's hindrances that would try to entangle and try to overwhelm. He fights to hold on and hold firmly to that which is truly valuable and vulnerable and precious. Don't, don't, don't lose or let go of what you've got. For there is a thief in the land, ladies and gentlemen. Man, there's a thief. Hold on to what you have and what you treasure and what you possess as precious. Hold on to it. Hold on to it. You've come too far and paid too much to let go now. But stand firm. Fight the good fight of faith. Believe in God and being His soldier. Number four, we'll talk about not only is that man of God known by what he flees from and follows after, what he fights for, but what he's faithful to. What he's faithful to, where his loyalty lies. Paul says, you've made a confession. you made a confession before witnesses. Whether it's in your faith or in your family, you've made a good confession. And this speaks of faith and fidelity, loyalty, loyalty. Loyalty to his God. The man of God loves his Lord. The man of God is faithful to the Master. He is faithful to the mission that he's been sent on. He is committed to the message, the only message that heaven approves of. He's not ashamed to let others know where he stands and whom he serves. He's a man of God. He's a man of God. He's faithful to God and he's faithful to his family. The responsibility, the duty, the high calling of being a father, of being a husband, of being a son, of being a provider, of being a protector. He's moved by that. He lives and carries out that function. We see our Heavenly Father in all those descriptions. And He desires to see His men walk in them also. Number one, a man of God is known by what he flees from. He's known by what he flees from. Look, if you would, verse 11. But you, O man of God, flee from all this. And he got done talking about false teachers and those that have fallen from the faith and those that have run after materialism and greed and all these other things that took place uh, of serving God. And he says, flee from this. There's a separation. There's a separation in your life for the man of God strives to live separated from the world, yet devoted to God. A man of God belongs to God. He's dedicated to God and he lives for the glory of God. He chooses a lifestyle and a value system that puts the eternal over the temporal, that puts future reward over present pleasure. You see, this is a call to flee certain things and separate ourselves from many things that the present culture applauds and says you need it. I want you to know you don't need it. There's a whole lot of things you think you need that you don't need. And if you pursue the wrong things, you will always pay the price for that. Now there is a time when running away is a mark of cowardice. We see that in the Scripture. We think of that great man of God, Nehemiah. As God had sent him back to rebuild the wall of God's city. And God's enemies tried to intimidate him and distract him and discourage him that he would leave his position of duty. And Nehemiah writes those beautiful words, Should such a man as I flee, 
He said, no, 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 God put me here. And I will stand firmly and obediently in the place where my God has put me. And I will fight with the grace that He gives me. So there, there's a time, there is a time when running is cowardice. Um, we flee temptation, but we never flee duty or responsibility. But there are times. There are times when fleeing is a mark of wisdom. And fleeing is a means of victory. For example, Joseph in the book of Genesis, he fled when he was tempted by his master's wife because he was conscious of God, because he was a man of God. He lost his coat, but praise God, he kept his character. You can stand to lose certain things. Don't lose your character. Don't lose your testimony. Don't lose your walk and your love for God. Those things cannot be replaced. We think of David when King Saul tried to kill him. But David fled and it was the time of wisdom. He knew he was not to get in a spear throwing contest. He knew he was a man after God's own heart and he wasn't going to act like the world. He refused the temptation to get carnal and ugly and retaliated a self-preservation. But he knew God's will must be done God's way and God would defend his servant. And so he fled instead of falling into the baiting of the enemy. The word flee in our text, Paul is using it to referring, Timothy, separate yourself from the sins of the false teachers, their doctrines, their materialism, and the things that cause people to stray and wander from the faith. Throughout the Bible, the theme of of a man or woman of God, they're separated apart, they're devoted unto. They're separated. Paul writes in 2 Timothy, there's some out there that have a form of godliness that deny its power. They play church, but they're not real. From such, come away. They say the right things, but they're not living the right life. From such, come away. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, to those that really want to walk with God as a heavenly father, it's more than just talking about it. It's more than just feeling bad in your heart because things weren't good for you. If you want to walk with God as your father, the Bible commands, come out from among them. Be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And then I will be a father to you. And I'll walk with you. And I'll talk with you. And you can enjoy me. But it's demanded of God's man that it is separated from the lies and the corruptions of a present age and a backslidden world. Warren Wearsby writes, Not all unity is good. And not all division is bad. There are times when a servant of God should take a stand against false doctrines godless practices, and separate himself from them. We think of Jude when he urges the church, contend for the faith, the truth of the gospel, once and for all, entrusted to the saints. So as we walk with God, there will be things that we stand for, and there will be things that we stand against. Pray that we know the difference. Pray that we have courage to stand as we must. The man of God must cherish the pure, but reject and renounce the defiled. The man of God in both practice and in doctrine must cherish some things, renounce other things. And this means that in our lives, we have to make a conscious effort to live right. You you can never be, I cannot be, you cannot be a man of God by accident. It doesn't happen just by blowing in the wind. But there takes a conscious determination I will seek the Lord. 
I will put first the kingdom. I will draw near to God and I will do my best to represent Him and be His ambassador. I'll make the changes if I must and I'll lay things down if I have to. But I will give my effort to be the man God's called me to be. The demands of intentionally ordering our lives to be God's representative. So we think, number one, you've got to want it. But if you want it, praise God, you can have it. You've got to want to walk in a way where God can say there's a man of God. But if you want to, you can attain it. You can walk in it. If you really give yourself to God, you can overcome the things that would try to strip you up and you can become the things that somehow, sometimes feel they're beyond your reach. I want someone to know that you can, that you can. It's not always easy. In living a life where the world is against you and the enemy wants to remind you of every fault and every failure and magnify every flaw in the character. Sometimes it's easy to get discouraged and sometimes the pressures that life puts on you isn't always, isn't always a simple thing. But I declare to you, O man of God, if you want to walk with God, you can walk close to God. If you really mean business, He'll give you the grace to overcome those areas. He'll give you the strength to rise above other areas. He'll enable you you in your present situation and if you'll truly seek Him you will find Him for the God we serve is not a respecter of persons He doesn't care about the background He doesn't care about natural pedigree He says if you honor Me I'll honor you and if you seek Me I'll reward you if you seek Me diligently I'll let you find Me and I'll give you grace to become like Me and I'll order your steps and I'll anoint the works of your hands and I'll let everyone around you see that is a man of God. I preach not to you, I preach to us. I preach to one that is a fellow sojourner on this pathway as we're striving to do our best to be the men God's called us to be. As I declare to you in this hour, oh God, families need men of God to lead them. Churches need men of God to lead them. The nation needs men of God. Those that are consistent in their walk and sincere in their character and powerful in their prayer. They have a love for Jesus that they're not ashamed of. And they strive to walk as He's called for them to walk. That means making mistakes, but we get back up. That means falling short, but that's part of the human condition. We get back up, but we are determined we will keep marching, and we will keep reaching, and we will keep pressing to be the ones God's called us to be. Somebody say amen. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. Man of God is marked by a separation, by what he flees. Let us flee from the entanglements of the past. Get victory over your past. Get victory over your past. Sever it. Renounce it. Don't romanticize it. Leave it underneath the blood. Flee the entanglements of the past and flee the enticements of the present. But there are things that would try to discourage us and try to distract us. Things that would try to knock us off course or maybe so discourage us that we give up on trying. But I want someone to hear me today. Don't you dare give up trying. 
Don't you dare give up trying. He loves you with an everlasting love. He shed His blood because He desired you. And now that you belong to Him, He won't give up on you. So don't you give up on Him. But you keep pressing. And you keep trying. And you keep believing. And you keep letting God work His good work in you. Somebody say Amen. Now whether it's to be a good worker, a good father, a good Christian... Things don't happen by accident. You've got to be all in, as the phrase is. You've got to be all in. You can't just go through the motions and be physically one place, but mentally, you know, you're in China. Um, the, the affections, you can't work like that. Not when it comes to being the Father or the man of God we desire to be. Uh, I read a story about a preacher was watching on one of those funniest home video deals, all right? Funniest home video deals. And it was from a wedding, and there was a shot, there was a video shot of it from the back of the church looking up the aisle. And it's the bride and groom. They can see the bride and groom, but because of the camera angle, you could also see some of the people that were in the congregation, some of the people in the audience. And it was during the vows, during the vows. Suddenly, must have been an uncle. It's always an uncle. Must have been an uncle. He, 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 he jumps from his pew, pumps his fist, yes, yes! And quickly pulled the earplugs out. And sheeplessly just kind of, it turned out, true story, turned out he'd been listening to the Auburn-Alabama game. <laughs> and his favorite team had just scored. <laughs> the, the writer of this article went on to say, we have all had times when we were physically in one place but mentally in another. And most of the time it's not a real problem, except when it comes. To being a father or a husband or a man of God. We can't do it unless we give our proper effort to do it. Can I get an amen? Amen. Number one, O thou, but thou, O man of God, flee, flee, flee. Flee these things and pursue. Number two, the man of God, he's known by what he follows after, he's known by what he pursues. You see, separation without positive growth just becomes isolation and really a hollowness. And and, and if we're honest, a lack of substance and credibility comes to that life if you're honest and you see anyone like that. To merely just be against, but not not cultivating the characteristics of the child of God actually gives a false reading. Hmm. We must cultivate the graces of the Spirit in our lives or else we'll be known only for what we're against, what we oppose, rather than what we propose and what we produce and what we practice. In our lives as men of God, in our lives as those that want to reach the place where those around us will know us for something more than just being good old boys or by being, you know, swell fella, but men of God. It's something we should strive for. It's something we should give an effort towards. And if we're going to do that, then we have to make some character goals in our lives, some character goals in our lives. We know that goals are good. Goals are helpful. Most people that achieve anything have goals. 
That's all right. That's wisdom. We have goals in our financial world. We have goals maybe in our careers. We have goals in our family. That's all right. We have goals. Nothing wrong with that. Gives us something to shoot for. Gives us something to measure ourselves. Gives us something to focus. God, good to have goals. People have, what's the word they use nowadays? They got a bucket list. They got things they want to do. That's nothing. That's good. But I need to suggest to you that it's a terrible thing that so few people have spiritual goals. And what Paul is getting to with Timothy, now, oh man of God, you're going to flee some th- certain things. You can't live like a worldly person if you're going to be God's man in this world. You, there are certain things we're not for, we're against those things. We live a certain way, but we're following the Lord Jesus. The Word of God, it governs our lives and that, that's it. That's our rule. But, but that's not all. It's not just what I don't do. It's what you become. It's what you develop. It's what your life produces. And Paul is going to give six things the Holy Spirit gives. Six things that God has really said, I want you to shoot for these things. And so we, we learn in our lives that we should have goals. But please... Let us not limit our goals merely to the natural. Let's make some spiritual goals in our lives. When a young believer begins this walk, one of the first goals, they want to become consistent in doing devotions. It's one of the first things when you're young in the Lord. You start developing that habit. I mean, some of you that are here, you've been doing devotions 50 plus years. You started as a child, as a teenager. Amen? As we grow older, we say, oh, we find out there's something called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We want that. And we make it our goal to, to grow and to achieve what God wants us to embrace. And now, Paul is giving Timothy, if you're going to be a man of God, there are certain things that make up the fabric of a man of God. And we don't have to guess what they are, but he gives us six of them, six solid things here. But I think this is important. There's a saying when we talk about goals that if we will... Shoot for the stars. We'll hit the trees. We'll at least hit the trees. And I like that business. It says at least try. I have found in my experience with men that oftentimes we try once or twice, but then because we hate failure, and everyone does, and we might fail in self-discipline. We might fail in consistency. We might fail with that temper. And because we fail, we stop trying to really get real victory in that area and we just start covering it up because we're ashamed of failing. But, but that's just a trick of the enemy. That, that's just a trick of our old nature. God says, you just keep trying. God says, you just keep trying. You, you get back, you confess it, you get over it, and then you try it again. You just keep shooting for the stars of being a man of God. And if you really make that effort throughout your life, when it's all said and done, man, you're going to at least hit the top of the trees. And that's a lot more than we could ever do if we never tried. So if you've tried in the past and you failed, God says, hey, get up and try again. Dust yourself off. Get refocused. Sight that weapon back on righteousness, godliness, oh, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Set your sights back on the goal of being a man of God. And go for it one more time. Because next time you just might hit the bullseye. Paul writes, oh, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and pursue or follow after. And he lists down righteousness and godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. And the word pursue is literally, And keep on pursuing. He's saying, Timothy... These are things that we make a life 
long pursuit, but you never really obtain them. Never fully obtain gentleness. Never fully obtain endurance. Another trial is going to come. We never reach that point of being perfectly godliness. But we keep striving to grow in these things. We keep striving to mature in these things. We, we keep striving to bear mature fruit. Keep on pursuing. Make these things your lifelong pursuit, Timothy. Timothy, you need to be proactive in your quest for godliness and in Christian character. And again, it's not always easy to be the one God's called you to be. Arrows are flying. Pressure is mounting. The accuser is always there to magnify every fault and every failure. But God says, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you give the effort on your end, I will give the grace on my end. And if you learn to get back up, if you learn to endure some of the process of dying to certain old things that need to die out in our lives. And it's not easy to die. It's not easy for me to die. It's not easy for you to die. Certain things in our life. But God says, if you'll endure the process, I will make sure you become the product of what I've ordained for you to be. The man of God not only flees from sin, but he pursues. He makes an effort to grow in Christ's likeness and in his Christian character. It begins with a sincere commitment to Jesus, the Savior and Lord. But then from there, don't stop just with fire insurance. Then there's a devotion that I'm going to mature and be a real disciple of Jesus Christ. I'm going to be a wholehearted follower of Christ. And I'm going to grow in Christ. And I'm going to let the Word rule my life. Paul gives by inspiration of the Holy Spirit six specific references that God wants us as his men to pursue. He says, make these things your goal. You got a bucket list? Put this on your bucket list. Have you got a goal in the natural? God says, I'm going to give you some spiritual goals. And I want you to begin to practically and spiritually mature in these areas. And Paul writes to us, make that effort to pursue righteousness and godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Gentleness. Next week, this is where we're going to pick up. And we're going to walk through them and look a little deeper in them and see what exactly they mean and how we can do our best to enter in and to develop these traits in our lives. Marks of a man of God. He's known by what he flees from, what he follows after, what he fights for, and what he's faithful to. We get to write the script. We get to narrate our own story. We have to choose. May every one of us make this our sincere goal and practice. May each one of us strive to be known by the description, a man of God. A man of God. And as we conclude, I'm going to pray the blessing upon the men. And then we'll open the altar. And if you'd like special prayer, if you'd like to be anointed with oil, you can come and stand and we'll pray the blessing of God on you. You just want to come and pray. But let's respond 
to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts. Let's respond to the word of God's call that each man that calls on the name of Jesus strive to be a man of God. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. I wrote this prayer. I tend to write them for the closing. So I want you to pray and think of it as we pray. And then we're going to pray for people. And again, we, we love our men and we're thankful for our men. I try to encourage our men. If anyone knows me, if you ever know me, my, my, my men, I haven't, haven't done a lot of, had a, haven't had to do a lot of men's ministry here. In the past, I got a philosophy with men. Can, can you handle my, my philosophy with men's ministry? And you guys, you know I love you. Amen. I found men's ministry, you got to have one arm around their shoulder. Because within every big man is a little man that needs approval and needs, and needs encouragement and needs someone to say it's okay. But then you need, after an arm around their back, you need a boot in there. Because every man is a little man that needs a little boot from time to time to say, get with it, knock it off, and let's grow up. I've just found that to be. Because I've worked with men all over, all over, all over. And I'm one of them. And I know I need an arm around my shoulder from time to time saying it's all right. And I know I need a boot from time to time in my backside saying get with it. Knock it off. God wants men of God. Your family needs a man of God. More than just a natural provider and that's part of it and thank God for that. More than just a natural protector and thank God for that. Your family needs a man of God. Someone that walks with God. Someone that's on fire for God. That's what God wants. And the good news is, whosoever will. If you want to be a man of God, you can be a man of God. You say, oh, you don't know my past. Don't need to know your past. I know the blood of Jesus. That changes everyone's past. But, but, but I don't come from a, a long line of preaching. You don't need to come from anything. As long as you have ears to hear. God says, if you seek me, I'll let you find me. If you honor me, I'll honor you. The Bible says that. If you diligently seek me, I will reward you with my presence and with my blessing. Hallelujah. So men, don't just strive to get into heaven. Strive to men of God. We pray, Father, I thank you for these dear men. Father, I thank you for each one of these men that are here this morning. Most of them I know personally. I love them all intimately. I love them, Lord. And I thank you for them. I thank you for your grace in their lives. I thank you for their sincere striving to be men of God. I thank you, Lord, that we are so blessed here at Pleasant Grove to have so many good and godly men who call this their home, who worship here, who serve here. And Father, I pray, help each one of us, each, oh God. I'm just a fellow traveler on this path. I don't preach outside, I preach to me. Father, help each one of us to grow, to mature, and to advance in our calling as men of God. 
Give us a spiritual sincerity that will really pursue you and strive to be the one you called us to be. Give us grace that when we fall down, we'll get back up and we won't give up. Give us grace that we can submit to the dealings when you put us on that potter's wheel. And you work in our lives. But you work as a good father who only has our best interest in mind. Father, I ask you today, help us to be humble enough to admit our shortcomings and hungry enough to seek you for victory over them. Give each man that's here today a fresh touch. Father, you know every person that's here. You know every situation. You know the specific. You know their thoughts right now. Oh God, you know them and you love them. And your will for them is good and blessed. And I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, give each man that's here today a fresh touch from your spirit. Fill those that yearn for a fresh feeling. Heal those that are hurting and need the healing that only you can give. Encourage the hearts of those that are weary in battle and feels like life is is relentless and won't give up. Oh God, renew their strength and cause that heaviness to break. Give your men wisdom and guidance as they have decisions to make and they are put in a role to be leaders. And it's not always easy. And the decisions aren't always simple. But we look to you, Lord, as the source of our wisdom as a source of grace that we need to be the leaders you called us to be. Father, provide needs. You know every situation. Provide. Strengthen. Encourage. Help each one of us. Not to be complacent, but to be stirred up. And to have a great enthusiasm to go forward in you to become and to walk in what you've called us to be. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Oh yeah, if you need prayer, let's worship the Lord. These altars are open. If you need prayer, if you want special prayer, anointing with oil, come and stand. If you just want to seek the Lord, come and kneel. But let's worship the Lord. Let's seek the Lord. Let's be the men God's called us to be. Hallelujah.